Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. To run a profitable, successful business, you have to be grounded in reality. But you're also also pushing the boundaries of that by doing it in a conscious way. And those two things are very difficult to put together because the rules of the game was not created in a conscious venue. It is not. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. This is the last episode in our four-part series on meaningfulness, and we're wrapping up this topic by exploring how you can facilitate more meaning in your business. The best employees are those that resonate with your deeply held values or your organization's values, but sometimes there's a disconnect that needs to be managed before your employees are bought in and engaged. We're working to change years of conditioning on authority figures that have taught our employees that they are victims of the man. So it's definitely not going to be easy, but if you can create and prioritize that connection, you can prevail. I offer weekly member webcasts and teach live courses on clearandopen.com because I believe with the right tools, anyone can eliminate the people, money, and time problems holding them back in business. And I share parts of these webcasts and courses on this show because I want to help you too. If you're enjoying the show and learning from it, I'd love your feedback. If you're listening to the show on an Apple device, all you have to do is open up the podcast app, click the podcast cover art, and click the link to leave a rating and review for the show. I'd appreciate that very much. Thanks so much for listening. Let's dive in. I'm thinking about my my employees and about how a lot of people who work with us, who, who, who apply to and end up working with us, share core values that with the company. And I think where our disconnect is, and I'm trying to get around where I can approach this, how, how I can approach this in day-to-day life, mm-hmm. is when they, don't, when they cease to take responsibility for their part in those values. And I know this is repeating what you just said, but I'm just seeing how it applies on a frontliners level. Um, and they start to, where, when they see a disconnect, because we're, we're a company full of human beings. And even though we have high aspirations, we will, you know, what's a good example. We ha- we'll have to not buy organic sometimes because we'd have to double our price. So we're like, okay, this time we can't do it. Um, and there is a certain amount of disconnect with reality that, that needs to be kind of managed. And I'm just trying to, I mean, that's maybe not the best example because it's. That sounds pretty good. But, so but like, anyway, what? so, so then they become a victim of, that disconnection and the, and they're not, and they're not empowered or, or they're not taking the power because they really are actually empowered. And we try to give that to them when they're starting. I, I'm just trying to to where, how to name that in the beginning, because it is a place where if we have, when we have turnover, that's not because somebody moved out of town, it's usually from some kind of disillusionment or Uh we're, we're this high, high, you know, aspirational company, but then we're still real and we still deal with the same old shit. Everybody else, every other company deals with. So I want to know, yeah. So what does it look like? Can you have an example? Like there's a meeting and you say, Hey, somebody's like, Hey, how come we don't have organic blah, blah, blah. And the blah, blah, blah. And like, 
there's an answer and they're dissatisfied with it? Like, what does it actually? Yeah, you don't you don't hear about it. It's that that's the thing, and that's where I'm kind of. Oh, this is this is this is more like it's a grumble and it's an it's an under undercurrent, and I'm just trying. I'm in this conversation going, okay, this is something that needs to get put up on the table earlier on, so that people can take some responsibility with the whole process, with their reaction to the process, not that they're going to change what we buy because they don't have control over that. What exactly is the lack of responsibility? How would you name that? I would name it in that they're not that they're they're seeing something that they're make they're assigning a meaning to something that is you know they're they're making the la- that one thing which this organic we'll use the organic example means something beyond what that is which is just that we can't afford it that week or whatever that is but you know they're making it mean a bigger thing that that kind of undermines the values that they were the foundational values I'm I'm not sure if I'm taking this. No, no. No, no, this is great. So are you, is the theme like that you've got uh, conscious progressive thinking people who uh, have issues living in reality? Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of idealistic, you know, early 20 somethings who, who the world has to be a certain way. And- exactly. Well, there you go. Yeah. There's the responsibility because that that's the shadow side of, of progressive thinking of, um, you know, generally they're, they, they they want they want step five to be embodied on earth and they don't want to have to deal with step two and three you know it's like costco sells some organic produce now as of like in the last 18 months you know like they're not willing to celebrate the miraculousness of that right you know it's it's like the the the, the idealism and incremental progress don't go together but Incremental progress is just how it works, right? But they don't want to. They don't want to have to look at that. Yeah, I'm gonna. Th- this is something that I'm gonna work into our training, our in, our orientation, because there's something in this conversation that knowing that that's the kind of idealistic person that ends up who we want to have working for us, you know, who ends up working for us. I want to make sure that I'm talking to that, and because I think that would be very helpful in you know just approaching life and re- in reality and giving them the opportunity. Yeah. For that happen in their in their work with us it, it's a kind of entitlement mm-hmm. you know it's a very difficult thing to be a conscious intelligent idealist and be grounded in reality at the same time that's just really hard to do with the kind of businesses that you run you're trying to do that right you're you because to run a profitable successful business you have to be grounded in reality but you're also also pushing the boundaries of that by doing it in a conscious way. And those two things are very difficult to put together because the rules of the game, you know, the tax code and the way business works and all that was not created in a conscious venue. It's just not. That's a big gulf to span. And the beauty of it is, is the, the, the young staff that you have could really benefit a lot from learning to be able to bridge that and make that end, how to hold on to their ideals and actually live in reality and work with it at the same time. Because things don't change in quantum ways historically. You know, they change incrementally one piece at a time. So these idealists, I mean, the tendency for idealists is they just want things to instantly transform and that's just not how it works. So what a cool thing you could teach them. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's inspiring. It's also, it's, 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 um, 
it makes me want to tell more stories because they take it for granted. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of back it up and go into storytelling mode. Yeah. And in general with when you have young staff, like teaching them about the way reality works is well, I mean, for any of anybody, but, but uh, young people in particular, because people in their twenties tend to think they already know how reality works or they have a picture about how reality should work. And they're trying to live inside of that, which will get them fired a few times in their twenties. Usually. (laughs) (laughs) Other thoughts, how this applies to you, what you can do with it, what your pivot moments are. I can think of a pivot moment that I'm working on more in my personal life, I think, but it also reared its, I I allowed it to rear its ugly head in in the business context recently. And that is injecting my political beliefs into conversations when they're not, not, uh, it's not appropriate. Well, okay. Reframe. Not appropriate is sort of a judgment on yourself. Okay. How is it not an expression of a soul value of yours? Okay. When it's, when it is something that gets in the way of the relationship uh, with the particular person I might be speaking with is, is when it. Because the soul value is what? Well, the soul value is that my personal relationship is more important than being right or saying what I think is right. Uh huh. I might not be right, but. Um, or, or, or stroking my own ego when I think I'm right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to choose to put connection above, uh, righteousness. I think that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Uh And what's the price you'll have to pay to be able to do that regularly? Ah, that's a great question. It's a good question in general for everyone. When you, when you identify your soul values and you, look at the pivot point thing, ask yourself, what price are you going to have to pay to actually embody that? Go ahead. I think I'm going to have to give up fighting my dad's battles or that's the way, I, that's the way I think it is. Oh, nice. And, and they're my own, I've, I guess I've made them my own battles now. Uh, I've got this perception of myself that I have this truth that is one of the necessary things for a better world. And I'm going to have to stuff that belief even if it were, were true, it's less important than um, the connection that I would that, that I that I would destroy or 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 wound or you know. And I would invite a little bit of a reframe there. Rather than stuffing it, I would just say you just gently subordinate it. Okay, gently subordinate. Yes. You know what I mean? Like the connections. Just it just needs connection. Just has to be a little bit more important than who's right. Yeah. Yeah. If that's the case, then if you're right, and I, I suspect very often you are, people will actually be able to take it in. You know, yeah. to me, that, that sometimes takes people decades or even an entire lifetime to, to realize uh, what one of my earliest clients told me that I never forgot. He said, A horse, it was a Roy Rogers quote, I think, a horse only uh, doesn't care how much you know until it knows how much you care. If you can't, come from connection first, harmony first, however you want to word it. And you have some information that's going to challenge what someone thinks you might as well be speaking Japanese. Where I'm sorry. I lost the horse part. I get the rest of it, but why a horse? That's because the guy was a horse guy. That's why. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also true. You know, horses, I, I, Jamie can teach us all about horses. Uh, and maybe some of some of the rest of you are no horses. I've ridden a horse like twice and what amazes me about horses is they're these incredibly huge, 
strong animals who can just kill you very easily. And they're like, as they're this emotion wrapped in skin, you know, they're so sensitive. And, uh, and, and if you try to impose your will on a horse, <laughs> yeah, they can feel you from like two, two, two yards away that, that you've approached it the totally wrong way. And it's like, you're just, you're on, you, there's nothing. It's, won't go anywhere. I remember pulling once on the, on the reins of a horse that I did not have a good relationship with. And the horse just turned his head and continued walking in the direction it was walking. <laughs> and I went, oh, right. How foolish of me. I thought this was a steering wheel. <laughs> By the way, that's super hard for a horse to do. He was doing it completely intentionally. Oh, yeah. I figured it was intentional, but that's hard for them to do because they, they only got one eye to see where they're going then. And it's, it's a physiology of the, what happens when he moves his head that they can't they have to yeah, follow yeah, around yeah. like okay. there's it's it it's really going out of his way. oh yes yeah that's yeah. great to know yeah it, that's how how bad the the, the connection or in uh, in japanese the, the kokyu the getting alongness was and because that's that's first Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Be sure to visit clearandopen.com for the latest tools, articles, and free resources to help you on your journey. Thanks for listening and bye for now.